Hey guys, it's Rachel, and I want to thank you so much for making time to listen to This Guy's Legit. I also want to thank everybody who has given feedback or who's left a review. Your commentary, your comments, questions, and uh, words of affirmation mean the world to me. Um, If you like what you're hearing, please, please do leave a review. And if you love what you're hearing, I would be honored if you'd share this podcast with your friends. Um, Every share, every tweet, every story helps another person find this podcast. And my hope is that over the course of this season, people will gain a window into entrepreneurship at every stage across industries. That's the goal. That's the challenge. And I appreciate that, uh, that you're here with me on this journey. Without further ado, you're listening to This Guy's Legit. It's been helpful the, thus far to say yes to everything. Like, that's how I've gotten to where I am. But now it's backfiring. Um, and I just feel spread too thin. You can't go, like, deep in any relationship or on any skill set if you're doing everything. Kate Miller is a photographer based in Oakland, California. You can find her on Instagram at Kate Nicole. Kate is passionate about dad jokes, finding good light, and self-discovery. She has an incredible eye and a stunning aesthetic and is an absolute delight on set. She's a member of Bone & Gold, my full-service production company, and shoots portraits, lifestyles, and weddings. She travels often and is always down for a good time. Midway through a five-day marathon shoot, we had some extra energy, so we cruised to my Airbnb to record this conversation. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here, too. Thank you so much for spending time with me. This is the best week. The best week. Tell me about your last 24 hours. My last 24 hours consisted of getting back from wine country, where I shot a job that you set up. We're so lucky. Did some headshots in a wine cave. Wine people are living their best lives. Also, all day. I mean, just having so much fun. Then came home, unpacked, repacked, came to the city, and worked with all my best friends. (laughs) You had a good day. I did. I had that same good day, but mine did not start with returning from. Well, I was at a shoot yesterday too, but not. Here, I was on the oh, yeah. job. We replaced you. <laughs> you were supposed to be on the job, and then you got a better job. But that's what it's all about, you know? And then someone else fills in. Yeah. And then you go do your better job, and then you come on for this one. Was it better? I, don't I mean, know. I don't know. You missed out on a whole day of shenanigans and fun. I did. And before that, you were traveling. Yes. Tell me about your trip. Where did you go? I went to London and Berlin and Paris. And I've gone for 10 days. Oof, 10 days. That's like the perfect amount, but also not enough time. Yeah. It's yeah. always, and you spend so much time getting there. Totally. Then time feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> when you're traveling, does it feel like time stretches out or does it feel like time goes by super fast? It stretches out, which mm-hmm. makes me feel like, how do we accomplish that here? Mm hmm. I mean, if a day can last forever and just go on and on and on, you can get so much more done. Why does it go by fast here? 
Well, I think that's like talking about the concept of presence, just like being present in it. I think that we live so much of our lives looking for the future. Yeah, that's good. And living for like the next job or the next weekend or the next trip. But then when you're traveling, you're doing the thing that you've been working towards, saving towards, planning for, and now you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not distracted and just somewhere else all the time. Yeah. Do you schedule things out when you travel? How do you travel? It has been a very long time since I traveled just like as a solo human going to travel. Yeah. When these days... When it when we travel, it's either like Drew's traveling for work, and then maybe I'm traveling for work, or we're all going to visit family, or we're we're all going to visit friends. Yeah. And when we visit friends, usually they plan for me. That's you nice. know, it's amazing, and it's like these are all the cool things I want to show you in my place, and like so this is what we're gonna do, and yeah, um, I really like that. But when I used to travel, like when Drew and I before we had kids. I was not like neither of us would plan. It's like we we would just be like, we're just gonna go and we're just gonna figure it out. And like we'd get there and we'd be like, oh my gosh, we don't have a plan. Yeah. And we'd like buy a travel book and like call all the places that there are to stay. And we'd be like, we didn't plan this trip at all. But that's the best part, right? It's super fun to do it that way. That's how all the weird stuff happens. What's the weirdest thing that happened on your trip? Oh wow, this one. Yeah. Um, I think. Just Berlin itself. We went to a nightclub that I like researched heavily right before we went because I was afraid we weren't gonna get in. <laughs> but yeah, just being in that whole scene where techno is a huge deal and everyone's really into it and it was otherworldly and everyone's chain smoking and just oh my gosh, I don't know. Techno what did you wear? Did you like dress all for the black. occasion? Oh, oh well. yeah, because <laughs> I researched. Yeah, you're not supposed to stand out or. They won't let they'll like pull you out of line, or you'll wait in line for hours, and then they won't let you in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I know. They like want you there because you're excited about the music. Yes, it's not about you. It's about mm-hmm. the experience. And you can't use your phone in line. Wow. Allegedly. So, but you got in. We got in, and it was great, or meh. No, it was great. I just. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it just feels like unlike anything that I've ever been to before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got some new techno dance moves. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Like can you just, describe some of them? Like, how, what are these Anyone moves? can do it. It's just a simple one-two step. Okay. Back and forth. All right. And then you have to be chain-smoking and... Wearing all Everyone's that. really respectful, though, which is cool. They're really, truly excited about the music. No one's, like, bumping into you and groping you. No. No. That's good news. I know. That's what I'm used to, unfortunately. Yeah. Too much groping. Yeah. Not enough consent requests. Yeah. For touching. It feels very consensual there. That's good. It's like good job, Berlin. communication. I know. Huh. I would not have necessarily expected that since, you know, from their history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's why. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So. Radical reparations. Oh, I just made it. <laughs> <laughs> like, radical, like radical self-acceptance, <laughs> radical self-care. These are all things, you know. You almost have to do these things in a radical fashion to do them. What's radical self-care? Oh, great question. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> great at it. 
But I don't know. I think radical self-care is like actually putting yourself first. Like actually doing that. And it's not just like getting massages and getting pedicures, but it's like going to therapy. And it's like seeking hobbies that bring you joy. Yeah. And it's prioritizing that despite the fact that the rest of our society is saying work more, do more, produce more, create more, more for other people, more into the world. Like you sort of choose to, to say less. I don't know. Do you think, I, I almost feel like radical self or self care in general has become another thing that everyone's pushing us to do. hundred percent. Yeah. Like so many things are cropping up. Where, I mean, I feel guilty for not <laughs> practicing self-care, too. <laughs> In the same way, it's like you're not working hard enough or doing all the things. Like, self-care is, is on that list. And so I'm just always curious about what that looks like, hmm. truly, for hmm. myself and for other people. What do you do? What's your thing? To take care of myself? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm learning what that looks like. I really, moving forward this year want to learn how to say no more mm-hmm. um, and not be over committed and overextended and then be able to recognize ahead of time like what will serve me and what to say yes mm-hmm. to and not be worried about offending people or turning down certain jobs and yeah I think it's it's been helpful the, thus far to say yes to everything like, that's how I've gotten to where I am. But now it's backfiring. Um, and I just feel spread too thin. You can't go, like, deep in any relationship or on any skill set if you're doing everything. If you're too diffused. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, what an accomplishment to be at a place in your business where you can pick and choose and say no. Like that, what a blessing that is. Yeah. How long did it take you? Like how long have you been, how long have you been a photographer and, and, and how, how did you take that leap? Yeah, I took that leap two years ago. I've been full time two years. I was working in restaurants for 10 years, I think, leading up to it. And I was assisting for a while and then started working more and more part-time. And then the actual decision came after I'd been traveling. So it was like enough of a reset to come back and just not want to be there. And it was so scary. I did not feel ready. I don't feel ready to say no now. I think it's totally going to backfire. And, you know, I, I like don't feel like I'm at this place where I can say no now. Mm. I, I, I'm always a little bit uncertain that it's not going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I think so much of it is just trying to trust and remind yourself of the ups and flows and continually get better at that. Maybe I feel a little bit more comfortable than I did then just because the pattern has been like, it always works out. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but it's been such an adventure. The best one ever. That's amazing. Yeah. I think sometimes you do have to just be willing to ride the roller coaster. And you have to be willing to say yes to everything. Except for when your, like, red flag goes up. Yeah. You know? Like, except for when you're like, "Mm, this is really going to end up 
like getting in the way of a lot of like my bigger goals. Sure. Or like this is actually not taking me closer to what I want to be doing, but it's actually, and it's not a net zero, yeah. but it's like taking me steps backwards. Yeah. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. I heard, um, my friend Ariana talks about checking in with core values. So rather than like goal setting in the traditional way, that you just are always in touch with what your values are. And then if there's a job or something you take that feels bad, then you check in with, like, what value it's stepping mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And that, that can inform all of your decisions for the most part. So that that's the same thing of, like, moving backwards feels like good advice as well. Mm. Have you articulated your, your, like, core values? Yeah, I have in the past. I, I want to revisit them, mm-hmm. but... I think the biggest one always for me is community and connection mm. with people because we are not here to do this alone. Totally. And I just feel so much more excited and I think my work is better when I'm around other people and so much more is possible. And so that component is is hugely important. Like What's, today. Yeah, <laughs> totally. What sort of people do you like to surround yourself with? Like, can you describe them? Like, is there a, a quality that they have in common that that you that sort of makes them people that you want to be around and gravitate towards and, and trust with your work product and trust with your workflow and passion? That's a good question. Yeah, I love people that are excited about anything. I mean, it could be completely obscure and nerdy, but like, my favorite people are just the, someone who's so into something. Um, so I think excitement and enthusiasm is huge. Curiosity is so important. I mean, curiosity about others, about what you're doing, about process. Yeah, presence is huge. I think that's just about being in the moment. And again, being excited about what you're doing. Um, within that, I, I mean, I think it's really important to talk to everyone, different ages, like people that don't have the same opinions or values. But at the core, some level of enthusiasm and showing up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people that own it. Mm-hmm. What you see is what you get. Totally. Even if I don't agree, they're like, this is who I am, and I want to talk about it, and I'm here. Um, so, but yeah, I mean... I'll hang on with anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you are a super open, warm person. Like, you can make friends with anybody. Have you always been like that? Like, even when you were a little kid? Or did that take time to develop? No, I think I've always been like that. Yeah. Now, I've been more active in terms of expressing, like, I think you're cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to spend time with you. But, yeah, I'm really endlessly curious about other people and I grew up watching a lot of X-Files and Star Trek and <laughs> was dressing up as Fox Mulder and solving cases around, yes. around my neighborhood so I kind of feel like I'm just still doing that amazing yeah oh my god that's being a photographer hilarious. is kind of like being a detective right? oh straight up yeah when did you pick up your first camera I was in high school maybe 15 took a darkroom class it was amazing I had terrible anxiety so I got to like hang out in the darkroom and not talk to anyone which is great and then yeah just always shot for fun but before that I was making like weird cassette tapes 
with my friends and putting on performances and um so I think some sort of creative outlet was always there Mm -hmm. and right now it's photography which has been amazing totally yeah totally what do you what like what got you to take the leap like you went on your trip and you came back and you had all this inspiration you were like I'm just gonna do it I'm leaving my job I'm gonna do it like what took the did you did you like have money saved did you like did a bad experience happen at work like what was it that pushed you to say this is who I am and this is what I'm gonna do now yeah I I had an idea of who I wanted to be and then I had my life as I was living it and there was a gap there and I think it was painful like to I would describe myself and talk about things as if I was this person, like this idealistic person, but then my actions didn't reflect that necessarily. Um, and, and with that comes a whole host of you're questioning yourself. You're not as confident. You're not as excited because people are going to like find you out. And I had, I think analysis paralysis too, like, the more I learn, I'm just not ready yet. I'm going to gather more information. And I was comfortable assisting and being in a support role. And uh, yeah, it was just like, it didn't align um, my visions of what I wanted my life to be in and where I was at. And then I actually had a talk with uh, a friend, Melissa, who I was assisting, who was like a mentor at the time. She had been doing wedding photography for years. And she gave me some real talk. And it was the best thing ever. She was like, you need to get a real camera. Nobody's going to take you seriously. And these are your strengths when you assist. These are your growth areas. And also, you need to start self-assigning. That was the best advice she gave me, actually. You just need to, like, invent projects for yourself constantly and shoot and keep shooting and practice and get better. And a bunch of what she said that day resonated. Mm -hmm. And it was... You know, it was great. I don't like I haven't been in an environment work wise where I'm in the habit of getting feedback and it's like a thing that that is normal. So yeah, I took a lot of that to heart and so I think it was a combination of that and just feeling like sick of hearing myself talk about who I wanted to be without doing it. And so a friend asked if I ever shoot weddings and I said yes, and I was so scared, and I was like, I've never been that scared, <laughs> but I did it, and then I was just proud of myself for showing up, and then I look back at those photos, and I think they're terrible, but she was Hopefully happy. they're happy with them. I mean, she was, yeah, yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. And I think so much of it is just showing up and just being there and following through, and then you figure out as you go, mm-hmm. and... And then I, and then just saying yes and, and knowing that you like trust yourself enough to figure it out once you get there. Um, but yeah, I, I had to kind of train myself to believe that I would be there. Man. Yeah. That's awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. I love that you were willing to listen to the feedback. I think that, I think that it can be very difficult for some people to hear and internalize feedback. I think that a lot of, and and I think it's also 
giving feedback is a very difficult thing to do totally. in a constructive way. It can be, you know, it can be very hard for people to hear where their deficiencies lie. And it sounds like she gave you feedback in a way that you could hear it. And it sounds like you really respected who she was. Absolutely. And, you know, it seems like, you know, you were able to absorb it, that, that feedback because it came from a true and authentic, trustworthy place where they were trying to do you good. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing in it for them, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to do you a solid and share with you. Yeah. Which is the greatest gift. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of feedback. I'm, I think it's the, it's the only way we can actually get an accurate, accurate appraisal of ourselves. Yeah. Um, when it's from a trusted person, I also, at the same time, I think that like wondering what other people think about us is pointless. That's different. Yeah. 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 But if you have somebody who, who can appraise you and share your strengths, your weaknesses and like how, how you are received in the world, that's like such a huge gift. I wish, I mean, I would love to have access to or, or find a way to get that more often Mm -hmm. because I think. The more you hear it, the more it, it stings, but it's positive, like, well, positive and, and negative though. Absolutely. Positive and negative feedback is great on both oh, accounts. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it reinforces the, the good stuff that's sometimes very difficult or the stuff that we don't notice that, yeah. that we can then draw on to support the areas where we're weaker. Yeah. Even the good stuff can be hard to hear, which is, hmm. that's so legit. Yeah. Like, it's hard to t- even, you know, Allison tonight at dinner. Or I know. I've, it can be overwhelming to take positive feedback. Yeah. And it, you just want to, like, you don't want to take it. It just feels, so I think that's fascinating to unpack, mm. too. But, yeah, both well, are really important. I, with regard to accepting feedback, especially publicly, like, our society frowns on that. Yeah. Our society frowns on, on you know, self-appreciation. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of mixed messages because you're supposed to promote yourself, but you can't be seen as promoting yourself, but like, you can't think you're too cool, but like, you have to have confidence. Yeah. But like, you know, if someone says you're great, you're supposed to say, oh no, 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 right. no, no, no. Yeah. No. But like, how, how empowering is it also for other people when you, when you, when you like absorb that light and then shine it back on, on the world? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. But, but both are hard to do. It's all Because people, when, when people get feedback especially positive but negative too like they're giving you something Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a disservice to to not not take it it. yeah right like you're take you're robbing them of the of of the opportunity right you're like not accepting their Mm -hmm. gift i heard that about anger as well it's like when you're angry at someone it's like you're holding that anger inside like you're holding it it's literally in your hand yeah so like who is it hurting is it hurting them or is it hurting you? Like if you're just holding on to this resentment, you're just holding on to this anger. It's like burning a hole in your hand. Yeah. So you always got to throw it at the person. <laughs> in conclusion. In conclusion, don't hold it, release it, and yeah. just lash out at everyone. I mean, you know. yeah, I think holding on to anything is, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It just does weird, toxic things to you. So I want to hear what was your biggest fear when you were leaving your restaurant job and you were like, okay, I'm shooting this wedding. 
okay, I'm going to get this studio space now in like this really hip area with all these really cool people and I'm going to make it happen now. Yeah. Like what was your biggest fear? I'm afraid that I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess that it won't work, but a helpful switch is... I don't remember when this started, but just, like, thinking of everything as an experiment, a series of experiments, which makes it feel way less personal. So Mm -hmm. when I decided to take the studio, I just was like, just try it as an experiment and see what happens. And now it's been a year, and it's changed my life and my career, so it was a great experiment. Mm -hmm, 100%. Yeah, but even if it fails, then it's just, you're just gathering information, which is great. And another amazing thing was a teacher of mine, a yoga teacher of mine, said that fear is a lack of information, mm. which I just really think about constantly. And again, then you don't take it personally. You just acknowledge it, and then you gather the information you need to figure it out. So, you know, it's like collecting data instead of just cowering in the corner and not knowing what to do. And, yeah, just by acting, it, like, takes... The power away. I don't know. Fear is always there, but the worst thing is just listening to it and then not doing anything, which mm-hmm. I did for a long time, and then just gets bigger and bigger and more powerful. Um, and yeah, now what? What does fear look like now? Still, like, just don't know what I'm doing. Making up as I'm going along. Um, I think not knowing how it will all play out. I want to like feel like I'm doing this because this is what's going to happen and I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So just constantly trying to have fun and trust the process, but so much easier said than done. Yeah. Well, and I would think, you know, as as you're speaking and I'm watching your face, like part of maybe what's unsaid is like in this path, like there is no corner office you're working towards for the next 30 yeah. years like there is no you know employee benefit that you're going to you know after four years of service you're going to get four weeks of vacation like yeah there's no that's, security it's terrifying yeah, yeah and it's just constantly you know you are responsible for your own success yeah and you have to and you don't know what that means because yeah. we can't guarantee the market. We can't predict who's going to need photos of what. Yeah, or what's going to be happening in my life now. Hundred percent. Show up that day because so much of it is is the relationships and and so I feel like a lot of it is being on and you know what if I'm having a hard day or a hard week and so yeah it's a lot to go at it alone and and so I just think the vastness of that is overwhelming Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's also pretty fun (laughs) yeah that's also what's so awesome about it for sure yeah I mean that's like that's the yin yang of of everything yeah so do you feel like you've had a big break like what was your big break so far and I'm super curious like how you actually make money and make a living and pay your bills (laughs) that's that's such a good question Uh, I think my big break have I had a big break I have a couple of big 
client, bigger clients that are repeat business that make a huge difference. Um, that feels really important in terms of things that I can count on when everything else is really uncertain. Um, so those are breaks for sure. For sure. And then just having people like you that believe in other people. I have a handful of people that from the beginning, even before I decided to truly commit, really believed in me and encouraged me and have put me like in positions that I never would have had access to otherwise. Like, will just get me in front of the person that I need. To, and, and then I have to show up and do the work, mm-hmm. but, but that is everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's so important to have people that believe in you and know that you're capable. I mean, that's everything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So I think, yeah, just having people that trust you and see you and will be your allies is what will make you successful. And so that's a tremendous break. totally yeah and then how do you make money like how do you actually make it all happen do you get paid by the project do you get paid by the deliverable like do you you know you know you do wedding photography you do commercial photography yeah like I'd love to hear um sort of like what percentages of what make up your business and like what you do that's for just like maybe part of the way you make money is by doing creative projects and just like hoping that you can then use it for marketing like I sort of want to peek under the hood a little bit and yeah. like get a sense of that. So I would say I do, um, most of my money comes from weddings and events, about half and half of those. And those have predetermined hourly rates, project rates based on, on the day. Um, and then kind of sprinkled in with lots of different random things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of portrait work, but that, doesn't make very much money. <laughs> but it makes a lot of relationships. It does, which lead to things that you would never even imagine. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's always amazing to see the way that things come back around mm-hmm. and people start to overlap. So, yeah, I really believe in, like, taking things that feel exciting or um, or trading feels great, too, to support other industries and other creatives. And um, so I've done quite a bit of that. But, yeah, I think... I mean, money-wise, definitely weddings and events. Mm-hmm. And trying to... Yeah, always trying to solve the puzzle of like how, to, how to make money in mm-hmm. other ways. Totally. But I'm learning that part. <laughs> and keeping expenses low. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're not like living a super crazy extravagant life. Like, you're spending a lot of time working. You're yeah. spending a lot of time with, like, deep relationships with friends, dear friends. Yeah. And, you know, you go out, yeah. right? But, like, you're not, you're it, able to keep, you, like, this is a time in your life where you're devoted, you're investing a lot of your, like, human capital in building your business. Yeah, I would say, like, 90, 90%. I feel like I'm always working, but it's fun. Work. Right. I know. Yeah. If you do work, fun work, it's like, it's, it's it becomes a hobby. Also. Yeah. Well, it started as a hobby. Like, that's... That's the whole dream. Like that's the dream is that you, a person can figure out what they love to do, what makes them excited to wake up in the morning and what they're really good at and what they can get paid for. Yeah. That is the definition of the dream. 
sounds like someone's being murdered, but it's a dog yelping. Are you sure? You might not be able to hear it, but I can hear no, it I in can, my head. I can, I can hear it. I'm just, are you sure it's a dog? It's definitely a dog. <laughs> my first couple times I heard it, I was like, mm, do we need to call the police? But now it's for sure a dog. So then this becomes an episode of Serial. Yes. Okay, I have another question. Yeah. Do you take breaks? Like, you were just went to Europe, but, like, you were there working. You were making making pictures. So, like, do you take breaks? Do you incorporate photography into your breaks? Like, how do you, how do, you do that? I don't know how to take breaks, um, which has been a challenge that I would like to address. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think now that I do this as a profession... I'm kind of constantly thinking about it. So even when I'm scanning the environment visually and I see something that I think compositionally would be a great photo, it's I'm making that for to share and making it for somebody else. So I've thought a lot about um, trying to write more or, or do something that's just for me or the end product is not to share it. It's like just by nature is, mm. is only for my eyes because now it's just, yeah, I'm just always in that space constantly. And I'm if I'm traveling, I'm, like, thinking about making a photo that's beautiful that somebody else will be interested in, or I'm thinking about projects that I can work on. I just... It's really hard to turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... Again, right now I'm in, in the place where, where I love it, and it's so fascinating, and I'm glad that my my life and work overlap that much, but... Yeah, when there is no specific boundaries around it, it's certainly challenging. Mm-hmm. So I would like to carve out some corners that are just for me. Work-free zones. Yeah, yeah. And that could be really small. Again, it could be like writing or mm-hmm. five minutes of I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But right now it just seems constant. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a the time of life right that I'm in it and it's necessary and right. I need to just embrace that and go for it hmm. Hmm. Yeah. so you mentioned social media and you mentioned you know making stuff to share mm-hmm. and the you know the chief sharing methodology these days is Instagram mm-hmm. so what I would like to hear what your relationship is like with social media and like how you choose your boundaries with it, how you choose what you share, what you don't share, yeah, um, and how you react to other people in that space. Yeah. I have been kind of maybe stubbornly and to my detriment um, using it only to share stuff that I'm excited about and, you know, work that is kind of all over the place. I haven't, like, focused in on a specific genre, and I don't think that's been helpful from a business perspective. Hmm. And I see people that are much better at utilizing it. Hmm. And... What do they do that you don't do? They have a niche. They, like, only post that. And I think that's really smart. It makes a lot of sense. Or they partner with brands, and then they use their platform to make a post about a product they're using and yeah it's just the voice seems more consistent and I think strategically that makes all the sense yeah but 
I'm still exploring and and kind of like teasing my voice out, and I like to try lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have gotten a little bit more selective, but I yeah, I think my work kind of feels all over the place sometimes, where it shifts and. Um, Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I can recognize a Caitlin Miller photo. Like, when I'm cruising my feed, I know when it's you. And I like it and comment. And sometimes also send you (laughs) a text message about how I'm dying because I'm usually dying. You're so talented. So I feel like, yeah, it's for sure diverse. But there there is a quality of it. I don't know if it's your composition. I don't know if it's your editing. I don't know if it's your storytelling. There is an element of it that is 100% you, and that ties it all together. I do think that you're totally right. When someone has a niche and they have like their set of tags, they can tap into the audience that is interested in that thing. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to become known for something if you have an audience that you are trying to reach with your singular thing that you become known for. At the same time... You have to ask yourself the question, am I after popularity and acclaim or am I after commercial success or am I after making art that inspires me Yeah. or am I after some other thing or what combination of those things? It's like a hierarchy. Like what's most important to me? Yeah. It's like your values. You go back to your, like, what are my core values? And if you, part of your core value is community Well, then it sure makes sense that a lot of what you post are the human beings that inspire you in the situations that inspire you. And like the more you post that, the more people are going to see that. And then the more people are going to come to you for that. That's a beautiful thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I've had some cool encounters from posting things that I like. Mm -hmm. There was this woman that I really looked up to and admired I heard her on a podcast, and I was just so excited about her. Wrote it on my secret list of like people I want to work with, and then as luck and social media would have it, she reached out about collaborating. And it wow! Was <laughs> see, you yeah. like you set the see, and then we're, we're gonna get woo woo for a second. Yeah, because like you, the power of intention, like the power of putting it to universe. Yeah, and and like setting your sights on it, the universe conspires to get you what you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah. And that felt like a huge win. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe this. And they reached out to you. Yeah. That's crazy. And it was amazing. Yeah. And then we went and shot together. And it was actually during a week when I felt completely not inspired at all. And I wanted to have a concept when I saw her. And I wanted to be like so ready and on and anything. And but I just went and picked her up. And I was like, listen, <laughs> got nothing. And she was like, cool. So should we just go play around? And we had a, the best day. And we, What made you admire her? Like, is she, is she like, someone who's super well-known? Like, does she have a really big following? Like, you want to share, share who she is if you want. Yeah. You follow her. Um, she is a sex therapist. Oh, cool. She does amazing work. Um, she lives in Southern California now, but she was a big part of the queer community up here. Her name is Elizabeth McGrath. She was on a podcast called Grow Big Always, and yeah, she's... Writing it down, you hear the clicks. Yeah, I gotta do it. Elizabeth McGrath. 
Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Just amazing woman, so inspiring, does incredible work. And I heard her and was in tears because I just think it's so important. And I think what she the service she's providing is so important. I loved her attitude and yeah, we just need more people like that. It just That's should, awesome. it really struck me. Just a person who like has a passion and a knowledge and she's bringing it She's bringing, she's like making it accessible. Yeah, it's wellness and sexuality, and I think everybody needs more conversation and tools around that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was great. I've been following the handle Giving the Talk. Ooh, I love this. It's a sex educator, Mm -hmm. like a sex ed, you know, sex education, but it's for, it's about body positivity, sexuality, and empowerment. Yeah. It's about sort of turning the tables on this like puritanical view of sex and actually educating people. And like, I'm a 33 year old woman who's given birth to two babies and I am learning things that I legitimately didn't have any idea were the case. Yeah. And I'm just like, the sex education, like our society has it's failed crazy. children it's, and they've failed me. And yeah. it's like, I am so appreciative of these people who like, that's putting a lot on the line to I like know. say to the world, this is going to be my expertise. This is I'm passionate about a thing that yeah. for our whole lives we've been told is like a dirty, nasty, naughty thing I we're know. not supposed to talk yeah. about. But like, I'm going to say it anyway and hope that my mom isn't embarrassed of me. So like, So yeah. brave. I know. It's They're doing such a service to society. It's so important. So we need to all follow Elizabeth McGrath and giving the talk. Yeah. I'll put it in the show. Her handle is a tall drink of champagne. Tall drink of champagne. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. So I love social media for that. <laughs> yeah. See, well, that's one of the things I've always admired about you is you've always been interested in exploration, self like help isn't the right word, but like just exploration of the psyche. Like you're interested in books about growth and potential and like self analysis and you're into tarot and all that stuff. Like how'd you get into that stuff? Yeah. I mean, probably back again, watching the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> A little cake. Yeah. I just learned, I will sit and talk about philosophy and the meaning of life with anyone who will do it. I think, it's so, it's endlessly fascinating. Mm, like, mm-hmm. why are we here? How are we all connected? I deeply believe and just want to uncover all the ways that everyone is linked to each other. And, you know, time travel is like my favorite subject. Holy cow. <laughs> and portals and alternate dimensions. You know, I'm really just a huge sci-fi nerd. That's amazing. What did yeah. you think of Ender's Game? Did you read that? Oh, I did read it. Yeah, I remember really liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the movie. Loved the book. Yeah. And Dune. I never read Dune. Oh, man. What about Harry Potter? Are you like a Harry Potter? You don't like so, so much wizardry? Fan- fantasy. <laughs> wizardry. You're not so interested yeah, in that's wizardry. Yeah, that's more fantasy, right? I fantasy, think I like... Okay. I think... I'm, I, I, I think like it's you, amazing she made this whole world. And, totally. But what really gets me excited is like space and robots and aliens. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got that. Yeah. So speaking of aliens, but also not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just, I want to hear like what you want to do. 
this next coming year? Yeah. Like, what, like, what are your, what do you plan to do in the next 12 months? Is there anything exciting that's happening for you? Like, what are you excited to try? Everything I haven't done yet. Okay. That's a big list. That's broad. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the problem and, and the best part. Yeah, I mean, I'll try anything once. Very curious about all the things. So, um, genuinely excited. And I want to do more fashion work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like or how to get there. So, mm-hmm. I think kind of developing some sort of strategy or plan for diving into that, for mm-hmm. learning more about it, um, for deepening those relationships is important. Um, but yeah, I just want to explore more. And every time I, I get weird and just like don't have a plan and, and uh, make things, that's always my favorite work. So carving out time for that will also making money and <laughs> mm-hmm. totally yeah and getting better at the business side of it too mm-hmm. I think is really important totally yeah what about the next 10 years oh wow do you have like any sort of 10-year vision for yourself so there's this exercise that Debbie Millman um gives to her students she's a designer and it's called designing your life and it's a journal entry 10 years from now so you date it the day you write it and you write down everything you do from the moment you wake up to when you go to sleep and the idea is to be super specific like I use this toothpaste and this is the coffee I drink and just every every single thing and she said it's haunting like how much of it comes true Hmm. and oh wait get the chills just like hearing, (laughs) hearing her say it you have to write like your life depends on it because it does. Mm. Um, it's kind of the same idea around vision boarding or anything like that. And I put it off for so long because I, <laughs> because I believe in it, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the power of knowing that you could just write all these things down and then probably put them in motion feels incredibly powerful. So I've done the exercise up until lunch and I need to sit down and finish it mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. But yeah, I have, I have a, um, a lot of like feelings and ways of living that don't have super specific like titles or salary or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, Sounds like an awesome exercise. Yeah, I think everyone should do it. Yeah, I should finish it before I say yes, that. You should. No, you should. Yeah. Do you do? Um, the, I, I, you know, I do goal yeah, setting. Yeah. Like the ten year. Um, you know, I did a ten year, mm-hmm. and I've done a five year, and I really, I intend to do another one. Um. I have to say, and you know, when I started my company, I had my, you know, one, my first year, second year, fifth year, like where I wanted to be. And I hit all the goals. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And like, for sure I have my 10 year plan, like, yeah. but it's 10 years, like five years from now, I'm halfway through to my 10 year plan. Yeah. And so far I've hit all the milestones. Uh-huh. 
And it's just a matter of like taking the next big steps, which I'm working on right now. How much does it change from like the original vision? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, for me, I sort of think about the, the really big things. I don't go as granular. I love the approach yeah. um, that she takes of going granular. But for me, it was like, how do I want to wake up in the morning? Yeah. And then how, what kind of money do I want to be making? Mm-hmm. And like, what kind of revenue do I want my company to be bringing in, which is going to result in me making what kind of, whatever kind of money? Yeah. Like, how do I want my relationship with my children to be? How mm. do I want my relationship with my family to be? Yeah. Like, um, what I do in my, in my get it workshop, which yeah, I've taken. you've taken, mm-hmm. um, is I break it down into sort of larger goal categories. So it's relationships, finances, vocation, um, hobbies. And there's another one. Oh, and health, I think, yeah. if I didn't say that. And it's like, what do I want? Like, the way I approach it is, an, is analyzing where I am right now mm-hmm. in this moment. And then once I understand that really clearly, then it's, it's taking a look at these areas of life and saying, what do I want more of? What do I want less of? And what do I want to stay the same? Yeah. And that has been the approach that I take. So it's like, what do I want my relationship? Like, what do I, I want more communication with my brother? I want less whatever with my friend. Yeah. I want more money in my savings. I want less stress about debt. You know, it's like, I want, you know, I want more proaction with my health. Mm -hmm. And that means that I want to be, you know, more invested in, in, in building muscle and less concerned about losing fat and like little things like that. So start set you up. Yeah. Yeah, That set you up for the life you want. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, our life is, is so interconnected. And if one area of it is neglected, then all areas are. So the way that I try to approach it is from that perspective. Do you think that you can do everything at the same time though? Or that there has to be years where you just focus more on like health and I think it depends for the person yeah I think that I think that again like you when you start from where you are like in the seat where you are in like you will notice maybe you do need maybe your relationships are in great health and when you look and when you look at your list it's like there's a whole bunch of things that you just want to stay the same Mm -hmm. these things are working for you but if you can look with a truly critical eye and you can be um be gently gently honest with your self-assessment, if you can give your own self back to the beginning, you can give your own self yeah. clear, concise, realistic feedback, mm-hmm. then, then you know where you need to put energy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like, you know, I don't know for some people, I don't know how realistic it is to just focus on any one thing at one time. Yeah. A lot of people need to have their hands in a lot of pots at once. Right. And then there's other people who can't mm-hmm. and they can't function that way. So and they just completely break down. Yeah. So again, you start at the beginning by doing a, like a self-assessment. Yeah. Who am I now? Yeah. That's great. I've been experimenting with this meditation where you um, visit your future self Ooh. or yourself in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful just to go through the whole thing of, like, what does this person look like? And to have that just outward figure that you're, like, looking into the eyes of and just feel so much more invested in spending time with them and Mm -hmm. knowing what they want and where they're at. And it's so powerful because, 
like that person will <laughs> set me straight so much more than I can right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so back to just, I feel like we do always know and we kind of hide the answers from ourselves, but it's a really good exercise. My older self is always like, listen, you're doing great, but <laughs> this is something you need, you know, you need to work on. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. I would want to do more of that. So up until this point, yeah. do you feel like you have had any big regrets or any like big missed opportunities either in your, in your career or in your life? Like things that you like, you know, slip through your fingers that, that you, do you think about? Wow. Um, no, not off the top of my head, which feels really good. That's awesome. Yeah. I think mistakes and embarrassing moments and um, decisions that might not have been the wrong one are all really valuable learning experiences uh, that get us to where we are. Mm -hmm. So I just try to think of everything like that. Um, It's necessary, necessary steps for sure. To regret something feels kind of like a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, awesome. Hell yes. That's fantastic. (laughs) What do you love the most about being your own boss? Oh man, that every day is an adventure and Mm -hmm. I just cannot believe my life sometimes and it always looks different and I have moments quite often where I just can't believe (laughs) this is my life and this is what I get to do. It's very interesting and so fun and I mean the people that I've met through being in this industry is incredible I mean that alone has made it worth it even if I decided to change careers tomorrow just meeting other people that are on the same journey asking the same questions is amazing and so having access to that has been the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life how will you know you've made it? Wow. Um, yeah, wow. I think having, obviously, resources, finances set up, to have flexibility to live the life that I want, which means... I think being able to be spontaneous, to go travel to see friends if I want to, to have the right balance of work that pays the bills with creative projects, um, you know, to cry tears of gratitude (laughs) about certain jobs, not going to be all of them, but even days like today where I look around and I'm working with a bunch of people that I care about that are totally talented in different ways. That feels it's like making it to me, mm-hmm. you know. T- so you're pretty much saying you. I mean, it. no, it's all, <laughs> always yes, yeah, yes. Though I, I think it, it is the journey, but yeah, yeah. Like to, today is a perfect example of I feel like I mean, <laughs> yeah, hell yes, yeah. You know, if my value is community and connection, and we're all here making something together and getting paid for it, and everyone's talents are being utilized and celebrated. 
Um, everyone's working to the best of their ability and cheering each other on. Like, what an accomplishment. It's amazing. 100%. Yeah. And what a privilege to be able to see that and to be a part of it. It just makes me feel it. Yes. Yeah. I have one last question. Yeah. I have changed this last question since my last interview. And I'm curious to know, from your perspective, what is the meaning of life? Light one, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to end with the bang. I think the meaning of life is to keep asking questions. And learning the answers over and over. <laughs> and to love as big as you can. And to, yeah, be like raw and messy and figuring it out and full of grace at the same time. And uh, just have your mind blown constantly. <laughs> and how crazy it is that we're all here. You know, it's wild and I feel full of awe pretty regularly which is great and I would like to continue that but yeah I mean what a mystery but so fun (laughs) funnest ever thank god we're all here doing it together amen yeah yeah so meaning of life is to figure it out You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, with editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. This Guy's Legit is executive produced by Boningold. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically. And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit.